Welcome to EHS on Tap. I'm your host, Jay Kumar, Editor-in-Chief of EHS Daily Advisor. This week, I talked to Ricky Martin, co-founder and CEO of Koru Global, about ESG best practices. And now, on to the interview. I'm joined today by Ricky Martin, co-founder and CEO of Koru Global. Welcome to the show, Ricky. Hey, Jay. It's great to be here. Great to have you. And um, before we talk a little bit about ESG, I was wondering if you could tell me uh, about yourself and Koru. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'll, I'll save on the long, drawn out history of myself, but um, basically my entire professional career has been devoted to, you know, how to use business as a catalyst for change, for maximizing good, you know, ensure that business has this mindset in place. And so I have a background in social entrepreneurship. I've been involved with some kind of bootstrap startups from a, both a, a business to consumer standpoint, and then eventually evolved to trying to have more widespread adoption and scalability with my businesses. And with that being said, I, I took um, my, my undergrad, which is kind of marketing business. I decided to go back to school, got a master's from University of Colorado Boulder in technology for international development, um, and then took that, started working with a DC organization for uh, a while and basically learned some of the inefficiencies of the social sector and how they collaborate with the private sector. And that kind of frustration and, and outlook on some of the inefficiencies in the social sector at large led me to where I am currently at, at Arizona, um, where I am now on pause, but I was pursuing a PhD in innovation and global development with really the idea of how to use technology ethically to enhance the relationships between the private sector and the public sector. Um, but the end goal to help, like I said before, kind of companies do good. And so you take all that boiled together and really that is what Koru then became, where we are basically a, a matchmaking platform that helps companies create impact from an internal perspective through strategic partnerships with the social sector. And we do that through artificial intelligence and other emerging tech to really optimize the efficiency and streamline the entire, entire process to, to help them out. So you can go into more detail later, but that's kind of the, the 10,000 foot view of myself in the business right now. Very cool. Um, so let's talk about ESG. Um, you know, what's your take on it and how important is it to businesses? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Jay, this is, you know, the, one of the reasons I was excited to speak to you about this. This is a, a fun topic and I have a very much a love-hate relationship with ESG and, and I might put my foot down somewhere and I might get a little backlash for this, but ESG for, for me is a broad term that, you know, really encompasses this, this range of, you know, ethically responsible business practices from everything from, you know, curbing carbon emissions at a business all the way to cracking down on discrimination in the workplace. And one of the issues with that is because it's so widespread, there's a lot of ambiguity around it that it's hard to actually put specifics on it. So ESG in itself has been around since I believe it was the 60s when it became known as a social responsible way for investors to look at stocks in their portfolio. Um, and it's since evolved to, you know, the United Nations has take practice on it to big industrial firms saying we need to have ESG movements. And overall, um, I think what's happened really recently, and this was broadcasted by, by Larry Fink from um, BlackRock, he was a big proponent of ESG. He said everyone should be thinking about this from a business, from an investment standpoint. But as of this past summer, he said it's just become way too politically polarized in you know, parts of the Western world, especially in the United States. And ESG in general has become this term that has a lot of negative connotations to it, despite the underlying fundamentals of it being so incredibly important. So I go back to Koru, our business, and, and you use terminology like ESG is one of the big ones, but sustainability, social impact, yeah. CSR or corporate social responsibility. We actually put our foot down and we say what these stand for is something really massive and incredibly important for the world we live in today and how we're going to shape it moving forward. 
But the term ESG in itself, you get people that kind of shudder a little bit or are, you know, turning a blind eye or they say, I don't want to deal with that because it's foo-foo or, you know, it's something that's not actually meaningful. So it's something that we are trying to support where what they stand for, the concept behind it is so incredibly important, but the terminology itself is something that I don't want people to get caught up on. And it's it's pretty wide ranging. I mean, it covers so much because I think people tend to get hung up on the E, the environmental sort of part of it. But I mean, there's a whole lot when it comes to social and the governance part. So, you know, are are you seeing people really getting the concept or is it just sort of like they think it's one thing and they don't understand the full scope of it? Yeah, that's a great question. And and you hit the nail on the head. You know, you say ESG, you ask 100 people on the street and I bet you 90% of them say, oh, oh like, like planting trees or something right. with carbon emissions or something about the environment. And, and people forget that it is such a large scale initiative where the social often gets mis- mistaken or forgotten about. And then even more so the governance, the structures behind how a company is is created and what goes into those processes is tremendously important, of course. Um, but it's it's that very thing where people hear the terminology, they jump to the conclusions, they look at the headlines of, you know, the world's on fire and they start to say that the environmental is the most important part. And, and that leads to confusions on how to actually put action behind such a large term. Are, are you seeing businesses starting to get on board with ESG or is there still a long way to go? Yeah, I it's a good one um, to think about because definitely businesses are starting to react to it. They, they have started to realize that, you know, and we talk about this with our business, this, this broad range of global stakeholders putting these pressures forward for businesses to start acting more responsible for, for a blanket statement. You know, investors, employees, consumers, those are the three main categories that we speak about. And, and companies are reacting to this saying that, okay, we realize that to get new market share, to keep our employees happy, get new employees, to get outside investments that we normally wouldn't have before, we do need to start to adopt these practices. Um, however, what that becomes then is large teams of individuals doing research and putting out these 120 page sustainability or ESG reports. And the issue with that is, I mean, only you know nerds like myself read line by line what they're looking for. And it just becomes this piecemeal of like, hey, you know, X company just published this report, check it out. And it's just kind of this way of, you know, you ter- hear the terms greenwashing or, you know, this, this right. big way to say we're taking a stance, we're supporting this. But what we really want to push forward is the action of, of not just talking the talk and saying we want to be an industry leader, we want to sit at the table, but it's the aspect of actually having action behind that. And so coming back to the question, companies are starting to react to it. They're starting to get on board with it. They're starting to realize the potential from a business case, but also from these other stakeholders. But I think there's still this disconnect on how to actually implement successful ESG initiatives within their businesses. And that's what we're working on, how to solve that problem right now, I think. Yeah, because are, are you seeing a lot of companies that kind of give it, you know, sort of, uh, you know, a surface, you know, a surface look at it, you know, sort of using it as almost a PR move, but not really digging into what, you know, they really need to do. And obviously there, you know, there's reporting requirements. There's there's a lot involved there that, you know, you, it's not just a press release saying, yeah, we planted 150 trees in the park last week. Yeah, that's that's spot on. You know, there's all these reporting standards, there's all these hoops you have to jump through, all these different angles that that companies can take to say that we're supporting, we're thinking about ESG, we're planning for ESG within our internal and external business operations. Um, But at the end of the day, and what something we get frustrated by a little bit is, you know, like we provide these analyses, these tools, this roadmap, 
but a lot of companies stop at the actual action part. And if they are putting the action part, it's it's strictly related to a PR piece and how to you know get the most bang for the buck, how to make sure everyone knows that hey maybe we had a a mistake previously with our businesses that were revealed it weren't wasn't doing the greatest thing for the planet. Um, we need to counteract that and do something good. And and that's not this like fundamental internal initiative that I think is going to make ESG stick around. And I think companies, if they were able to view it from that perspective, they had a lot more success with the ramifications, both in the short term and the long term at the end of the day. Um, do you see, uh, you know, ESG playing a pretty big role in terms of, you know, making companies more attractive to prospective employees? You know, if you're an, if you're an employee and you want to work for a socially responsible company, I would think that that is one of the first things you're going to look at is sort of, you know, what are they doing, you know, in terms of ESG? What are they doing socially? You know, how are they run? You know, who's on the board? That kind of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, we we have, um, you know, one of our, our deck and some of the statistics I know by heart is, is 77%. I believe this was a, a study from last year, big comprehensive research showed that 77% of employees are more inspired, motivated, loyal when they work at companies with a strong sense of purpose, and especially with the new generations coming in, they're recognizing their power, they want this flexibility in the workplace, they want this or that. But what's also important is that companies aren't just plundering the planet and destroying human capital, making the largest thing of money, but more so are they doing good? And, and that goes for both retaining top talent, but also attracting new talents in the door. So 100% agree with that. And that's one of our, our big you know, pushes of, of a company and how we can provide for businesses at large. Um, so what's the best way for a company to get their employees engaged in ESG initiatives? Yeah, it's for me, I think, and this goes back to kind of change management in general, but it, it needs to be a top down and bottom up approach. Um, you'll always have someone in a company, you know, whether it's employees in sales, marketing, PR, HR, like really anything that will have a passion for doing good. And they'll go above and beyond to try to do something with that, whether starting an internal um, internal group where they discuss, you know, every Wednesday afternoon for lunch or where they bring in certain external partners to speak about or do something from a volunteer basis. And that's absolutely incredible. And we definitely uh, put a lot of value on that grassroots approach. But what makes ESG really stick is having, in addition to that, the top down uh, support from leadership where the CEO or other people in the leadership position or even managers overseeing teams recognizes the value and the benefit of having these practices, these initiatives, um, walking the walk and not just talking the talk. And when you pair those two together, you get this beautiful synergy where companies and employees alike can start to see these goals shape up and actually have results come from them. So in all, you know, one thing that we talk about is, you know, we talk to sustainability departments, we talk to marketing departments all the time, and we hear, I would love this, I would use your product to find out these partners to help bolster our ESG and sustainability initiatives. But, and then I could, you know, say nine, 10 out of 10, the but is our leadership <laughs> doesn't see the value or we're not putting this in the docket until 2025 or 2030 and, and putting it down yeah. in, on the pipeline. And I think that's what needs to change a little bit for businesses and um, recognizing that, that employees do have a lot of say, they have a lot of power and they can convey leadership, but it takes many voices to try to do that, especially the larger the organization with all the you know, bureaucracy and red tape in place. So hopefully that kind of clarified and answered that one. What would you say to a com you know company leaders who are resistant to kind of, you know, really dive into ESG? It's um, it's I, I guess a twofold answer. One, it depends on the relationship I have with this individual. If it's the first conversation and they're you know a little hesitant, I'd be a little bit more uh, cautious with my words here. But I, I guess the the transparent truth is that 
businesses of all kinds need to adapt to this. You know, um, whether they have already or they will in the future, they'll be subjected to these unprecedented and, and truly unanticipated public pressures, both internally or externally, to make these radical changes. Um, and so what it, what it comes down to is a lot of business nowadays have been uh, kind of put on uh, under a microscope to be having practices that, you know, like I said before, plundering the planet, destroying human capital, fracturing community relationships. And businesses need to see that this isn't just a, a foo-foo kind of, I want them to be green and do good sort of right. topic to talk about, but this is viable business. And, and we believe that companies who don't adapt to this today are going to start to become obsolete in the future. And, and I like to quote someone, and I, I wish I remembered her name, but it was a, a TED talk I saw a number of years ago where she said, um, very successful social entrepreneur supported the whole mission driven business concept. She said one day in the future, the term social enterprise will not exist because all businesses will need to have some sort of social foundation or else they're going to become obsolete. And that's what we're relying on. And I think that's where the industry is going and, and numbers and research have shown that. So it, it is a business case at the end of the day. If you want to have a strong and sustainable from a long-term successful business perspective, you need to start adopting these practices sooner than later. Um. Where do you see ESG going in the next 10 to 20 years? Is it going to become more viable as, as people take it seriously and, and really do the work that they need to do? I think so. Uh, there, there will always be the hesitancy um, from you know the term social good, business for good. These, these terminologies, I think, aren't going away. And there's always going to be these individuals that don't think it's valuable. You, know, you look at from a, a very basic concept, businesses are intended to do one thing, and that's make money, create profits. It's literally their fiduciary responsibility to create as much value for their shareholders as possible. And what I think the shift that's occurring right now is, is taking that paradigm from providing value for shareholders to providing values for stakeholders. And I've been in the inner circle, some really incredible groups that are pushing forward with that change. And what that essentially means is that businesses are gonna have this bigger picture of what deems them to be a successful company. And my hope and what the research has been showing is that the next 10 to 20 years will be supporting this from a, a wide perspective. You Every day you see more impact investors popping up. You see more competition like us, technology companies trying to really push forward with the sustainability ESG initiatives. You see have companies that are maybe coming back on their statements and saying, okay, we have this ambitious claim. Let's revise it. How do we actually hit these goals? But then in line with that, you have all these different people that are members of the general public saying, we want the businesses to start doing this. We want the world to change for the better. And it's our important actions that we have today that will have repercussions 10 or 20 years from now. And my hope and what I, I truly believe in is that companies will start to realize as you know, individuals from, from my generation and the ones below start coming in more powerful positions, that it's gonna radically change the whole corporate landscape for, for the better in that capacity. Um, so if you were talking to a company that, you know, hadn't really done anything with ESG, uh, where would you advise them to to get started? Because it is such a, you know, a, a large endeavor. You can't just kind of, you know, fill out a form. So, you know, you know, where should people get started if they're just kind of beginning their journey into ESG? Yeah, it's a great question. One I, I, we have all the time, um, and these are discussions that so many small businesses and medium businesses especially ask. They say, you know, like, we're so worried about, you know, making payroll or, you know, responding right. to the, the latest economic turmoil. Like, how do we even think about something that's not going to generate profits for us today or tomorrow? And, and my response to that is, you know, A, talk to us, you know, slight business pitch here. But <laughs> at the same time, it's it's about taking little steps, you know. 
there's large companies that have put these ambitious claims to become net zero or to reduce all plastics from their manufacturing or XYZ. But I think companies sometimes get so drawn out by the ambitious goals that they may be setting that they forget that it requires just a little baby step to make a change. And, and there's one you know, quote that I like to put out by Mother Teresa, you can't help everyone, just help one person. And that's the same mentality we apply. So whether that's the first step is using your technology or your space or your physical location to, to host a, a meeting and discuss this internally to see what's aligned with our business, what's really material to who we are as a company and how do we act on that today. And then from there, start to set really achievable goals and, and achievable is the key word there because if you have these ambitious claims, these long drawn out 10 year, 15 year plans, those are great, but what are you going to do about it tomorrow? What are you going to do about six months from now? And I think taking bite-sized pieces is the right approach for something that's so daunting, so widespread, and, and oftentimes quite quite intimidating for these businesses. Because I guess the big thing early on, at least, or maybe all the way through, is to show progress. You, you're, you, you know, show you're accomplishing something other than just sort of, you know, making a statement that this is what we're going to do. Exactly, exactly. And and one of the tough things with that, and I, I totally, totally understand it, is that, you know, progress is easy to show if it's quantifiable. You know, we, we planted 100 trees, we removed X, Y pounds of garbage. Um, but things like, like implementing strong strategic government structures is a little bit more difficult or saying that our product line is now a little bit more efficient and we're utilizing, you know, power intensive or you know, low flush toilets in our employee rooms, things like that. It's it's a little bit more difficult when it becomes a more qualitative change that you're making. And and we are living in a data driven world. Data is king. Data is important. But at the end of the day, what's something that we really support is the idea of we believe everything is in a sense quantifiable. And it's about looking at the numbers, setting those goals that are reasonable, and trying to hit them one by one, and showing that progress over time. And it is remarkable when you have a company that takes it down to those bite-sized pieces and they say, we are crossing one thing after the other. And it's amazing to see the changes when you start to look back on it over a period of months and years. I bet. Well, Ricky, thank you so much for uh, for joining me today. This has been great. Yeah, thanks for having me here, Jay. It was a great discussion and look forward to continuing it in the future. All right. That wraps up episode 185 of VHS on Tap. Find more information about the show and listen to on-demand episodes at ehsdailyadvisor.blr.com. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I hope you join me next time.